0: with Ashley Frasca plants flowers trees and stuff brought to you by Pike nurseries
1: on 95.5 WSB welcome to WSB thanks for being here this morning seven minutes after six o'clock hey I'm Ashley Frasca hosting green and growing with you For the next three hours this morning I hope you're laying in bed Staying cozy Staying warm But give us a call I know you've got gardening questions Things you're seeing Things you want to talk about 404-872-0750 That's why we're here And some of the best feedback I get about the show Is that people are learning And they can tell that I'm learning as well So it's kind of a, a mutual process And for the gardeners that know a ton That I may not be as up to speed as I welcome you to call as well If there's ever anything that you hear That you want to make an addition to Or something to comment on Share your knowledge with the rest of us Because we're just dying to learn And all make this world a little bit better place By gardening, beautifying it And just making ourselves a little less stressed out Right? Gardening has spiked in recent months Due to the coronavirus The popularity of gardening is such that nurseries are running out of stock, greenhouses are being emptied out because so many people are flocking to nurseries and gardening and planting for the first time. So I welcome all those folks. I'm I'm almost as green as you in just this process and love learning together and trying new things each and every season is like a brand new year, something you get to try. 4048720750 Is the number to green and growing. And it's been a really productive month. You know, I was going to go out of town one weekend this month and I thought, "Uh uh-uh, October is not a weekend that I want to miss out because there's just something different every weekend in this month. And I've been really grateful to have some special guests. Mickey Gasway was with us a few weeks ago. And Lance Walheim last week from BioAdvanced And today I'm going to be joined by Clint Waltz Who's an extension turfgrass specialist at the University of Georgia Griffin Campus And you've heard Clint Waltz on the show before So that's going to be coming up at 7.30, halfway through the show this morning And he'll be along for about an hour to help answer all of your lawn questions I know you've got some, even though some of your warm season grasses are probably you know thinking about going dormant it's about that time where you're going to cut back on the maintenance a little bit but fescue a lot of you asking if it's still okay to overseed your fescue and on the facebook page and in emails i've told you yes yes it's okay up until about october 15th is prime is ideal but i'm going to ask clint exactly when we know it's the least productive like based on what you know that we need to just stop overseeding and and move about our business and then we have another opportunity to do that with that Cool season grass in March So up first, joining us live on Green and Growing this morning It's Nicole and Griffin Wow, the second time Griffin's been mentioned in the show already How are you? Ashley Popular place down there in Spalding County So what is new with you? I went to the uh,
2: wood lot yesterday um, Those people, they cut trees and their malls And uh, uh, been going there for 30 years So I know which pile exactly is going to be good or not and I went to um, to uh, the pile, and you have to make your own soil. I cannot believe people would pay $8 for uh, uh, a bag of soil.
1: So what kind of things can we find lying around or that we can get our hands on that we can slowly start to do this?
2: Okay, well, it it's needs tree. things in the soil. Okay. Just make your own Whatever soil you have, the clay, then you mix it with sand. If you have compost, then like I said, I when yesterday, and this soil is 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 crumbly. In your hands, it is black and oily, which compost. But the wood chip was there. You know, you can tell if it's good soil because the worm. Oh, tub! I don't know how many thousand worms because they need to slide. In in this in this uh compost yeah they can't you know? very
1: well get around in the hard georgia red clay right yeah and no, we need uh, we need those earthworms
2: yeah because the worm you know they cannot slide in the clay they can die there's no place to go it's like a brick you know it's soil. it's hard it is really hard to uh deal with but anyway just a uh, tree part, you know the sand the clay then you can add a perlite mm-hmm. a little um uh, um, fertilizer You know, the, the round thing Fertilizer uh-huh. Then it, the compost, you know Now, but-
1: composting, <laughs> that's something I tried On a very small scale And I wasn't very successful with it Just trying to be a kitchen composter, you know And taking the coffee grounds And the pieces of an onion And eggshells and that kind of thing But what do you do outside? What kind of things do you put in your compost? Do you have a, a bin or a barrel outside?
2: Yes, I have this big uh, – there's some everywhere. There's a, a plastic cage. And then I have a cage around it, the steel cage, and it's really deep, and there's a, a drain in the bottom. So, if there's too much water one year. But actually, it takes a long time. I have mine for 30 years, and I finally had to uh, empty it because uh, it gets so full, you know. But you should see how oily it was in the bottom oh, of it.
1: I can imagine, I can imagine. So, the composting, though, if you've had this barrel for a long time, you ensure good drainage in it and all that kind of thing. How much are you active in adding things to it or shoveling it around or moving it? How important is that?
2: Well, you add up like uh, uh, anything, you know, kitchen and and things like this, and then uh, let the water go up, and then you take a shovel and mix it, you know, uh, once in a while. But don't pay too much atten- attention because the compost the bin is so big, it's gonna make its own thing. You add up pine cone, you add up, you know, things, but it's it's a slow process. But I want to tell you those bags. They're all made in Jenkinsburg in Henry County. Oh. They just changed the bag because $8 for a bag, but it's all made at the same place.
1: Interesting. I did not know that.
2: Yeah, Jenkinsburg is... Uh, uh, you should see the pile a monster And they just, you know, let the nature do its work yeah. It's not instantly, and, and you know, those piles may be there for 30 years But boy, they get rich and get the good soil And they mix it with perlite and things to give uh, aeration
1: So some things we don't want to add to our compost bin Are grasses that have been treated with any kind of herbicide Grass clippings that may have that in them And also diseased plants If you... Got frustrated with your summer crops And you had some tomato plants that you know Had some disease on them or something Those are things to not put in the compost pile Um, But one question I have for you, Nicole Is, you know, I've always read that um, um, Shredded leaves are just one of the best For compost or just as a mulch In beds and things And I can't quite figure out And I know this sounds very blonde of me um, How to shred the leaves Like, do we just... Pile them all up and then run over them with a mower. How do we? How do we shred leaves? Do you do that?
2: Yeah, that's what that, that's what I do. Or just rake them, put them in a pile, and uh, depending how big of the leaves, because the crape models get really small leaves, yeah, you know. Right. You're so just just shred that, or put them in a different pile and uh, add it up and and uh, crisscross the the layer, you know. Um, like uh a a lot of pine cone, I put a lot of pine cone in the bottom yeah. because it takes takes longer, you know. But uh just it but it it takes a long time to get the oily uh compost. And that's you know what it's you good
1: too when it's when it's hot, when it's a little warm, you know. I mean if there's steam coming off of it or whatever, that's all the microbes and the bacteria and all of that. Doing its thing, and that means it's it's invigorated. It's healthy. It's good compost.
2: Yeah, because in the winter time, the animals they like the warm. So you. Like, uh, you saw my possum.
1: <laughs> Nicole had a possum that fell into her compost bin, and he yes. couldn't get out.
2: <laughs> and he couldn't get out for almost two weeks. His two feet was in the water. Oh, Poor him. Heart. But they know he was there. But they go sleep with the kids and uh, because it's warm in wintertime. Even if you go to Jenkinsburg, you see the stem big time.
1: Gosh, wow. Well, yeah. good advice. I mean, good soil is just one of the best things that you can do it may take more time on the forefront of the project but it's going to pay you dividends in the end if you start off right so nicole that's probably the best advice we're going to hear all morning thank you so much
2: well uh, just uh just turn the soil turn the soil because clay is really a problem here oh, God almighty.
1: Yeah. yeah and i mean like you said even sand is a good addition and Manure even, just depending on what you're You know, going to be planting there So Nicole, thanks for your thoughts I hope to hear from you next Saturday Enjoy your day All right, you too Nicole, enjoy the weekend Coming up on 618, we've got to check a traffic Red alert, take a break And we'll be back with the garden to-do list On green and growing You're listening to WSB No chance of rain this weekend That is the good news from Channel 2 Action News Meteorologist Brad Knits in over the weekend For Kirk Mellish The weather update brought to you by Finley Roofing Today it's going to be a high in the upper 60s And lows around 47 or 44 We're right at about 45 right now So yeah, it's chilly if you have to walk to your car Like I had to this morning And then tomorrow uh, it's going to be sunny again High of around 70 And lows in the mid-50s
0: Green and Growing with Ashley Frasca Here's your garden to-do list this week
1: All right, gonna keep it easy on you But you want to get out there and start working on some projects anyways But if you've got some time, number one Now is a good time to divide overgrown clumps of perennials So those are the things in your landscape that come back every year Like daylilies, certain varieties of daisies, hostas, coneflower um, all of those, replant the divisions or just give them to friends as a pass-along plant If you maybe have too many Hostas are one of those that I really enjoy splitting and sharing with other folks They kind of start to take over one another and you'll see one little small one that's struggling So take the larger one out, split it up uh, Number two, lower your mowing height just by lowering the blade to two to three inches for fescue and St. Augustine And then it needs to be one to two inches for seeded Bermuda and then even less for sodded Bermuda and zoysia. That's just something smart to be thinking about. And I feel like if you're seeding for fescue and you've got some new growth right now, that's great. Give it a few weeks to really establish and strengthen up a little bit before you mow. But kind of getting into the point with all the leaves falling and all of that, you're not going to really... Need to be doing many more mowings And number three had a good conversation Last Saturday on the show with Lance Walheim He was here with Bio Advanced, And he's a garden expert And we talked about disposing of pesticides And just things that are maybe in the shed Or in the garage that you've had for a while Want to make sure you properly dispose of those things So here's some pointers Instead of just throwing the whole container out Or gosh don't dump it in the yard, don't dump it down the sink But if you're going to give a product to someone else to use First of all, you know, make sure it's intended by the AP- EPA label And if you're giving things to a friend or a neighbor Maybe you just have too much rose food or something And you're sharing it, give it to them in the original container Never put pesticides or anything else really for that matter In an unlabeled container And also if it's in a granular form, this is kind of easy to remember Seal it up and dispose of it in the trash And if it's in liquid form, which is kind of what I was up against, what to do with that, you could put kitty litter or something into the container that's going to absorb that liquid, still seal it, and throw it out in the trash. Aerosols, if you have anything like that, on the other hand, that can be discarded directly into the trash. Fertilizer with pesticides should be spread on the soil surface or discarded directly into the trash. And these are all from experts who are giving you the best advice and care for the environments you can possibly do But just be wise when you throw those things out So coming up at the bottom of the hour Here in just 10 minutes Walter Reeves, he's already in the phone number To join us on the show I've got two fall projects that I'm working on So I'm going to pick his brain about that Garlic, which I want a lot of you to grow Fresh garlic just beats the The hoots out of the jarred garlic So you have your fresh garlic It's going to be a few months before you get rewarded with that But I want to ask him about that And also pumpkins, maybe some of you planted Pumpkin seeds back in the summertime And just what to be doing And if you missed it, it's okay I'm going to give you some advice on how to best do that And then Celebrity Gardener at 7 o'clock It is a gal that knows agriculture very well And farming and gardening First Lady of Georgia, Marty Kemp Will be along at 7 a.m. You don't want to miss my conversation with her From 7 to 7.30 I think we can learn A lot so we'll be right back after This you're listening to green and growing On 95.5 WSB
0: With Ashley Frasca Plants, flowers, trees, and stuff Brought to you by Pike Nurseries On
1: 95.5 WSB Glad you're along this morning Happy Saturday, Ashley Frasca and green and growing If you miss any portions of the show Which, yeah, we've only had 35 minutes But by 9 o'clock, you may miss a little bit Something you want to hear You can go on wsbradio.com And click on On Demand And there you can listen to podcasts of every live show here on the station with our local hosts. And Green and growing will be on there as well for you to enjoy throughout the weekend. And like the Facebook page, that's how I interact and share a lot of the information from the show with all of you is Green and Growing WSB. If you just search that on Facebook, you'll be able to keep up with um, with the show, some things we learn, pictures we share. And there are two photo albums in particular that I love doing Highway Horticulture and Weed of the Week. so we can identify things that we're seeing. And uh, how to treat the weeds in particular this time of year. So, those are fun learning tools that you will find. They're just for you on the Facebook page. So, without further ado, got a special guest this time of the show. Comes along every Saturday morning. Walter's
0: Wondering. Walter's Wondering. The definitive questions and answers from WSB's OG Garden Guru, Walter Reeves
1: know what to expect at this time of the show Every Saturday morning he joins us Usually from his bed Sometimes outside, sometimes drinking coffee <laughs> Sometimes <laughs> eating cereal You just never know Walter Reeves, there he is, Walter Wonders, hey Rarely outside
0: Mostly bed or eating cereal Eating cereal uh, Good thing to do on a Saturday morning Eat your cereal, and get, get started for the day, sure Well
1: you're entitled to that Because how many years were you right in here At the studio on Saturday mornings?
0: Two and one half decades plus one, 26 years
1: That's right, hit uh, 26 year anniversary at the end of January So you deserve it, my friend, well deserved Well, thanks for letting us, uh, you know, pick your brain And we'll always have good conversations about things we're seeing or noticing Or maybe, you know, trends folks are asking you about I have some questions
0: Ask me anything, my brain is an open book
1: So we are into fall gardening for folks that wanted to do maybe broccoli, cauliflower, some lettuces, Brussels sprouts, those kinds of things Um, So that stuff's really fun You just have to stay attentive to the garden, keep pests away, hopefully some organic methods there Um, But I'm more curious about something that's a little bit different to garden for in the fall And that's pumpkins and garlic and I ask you about Ooh, those two ee. specifically because I'm trying those I'm doing broccoli, yeah sure, no big deal But pumpkins and garlic So let's start with pumpkins They're all okay. in the gourd family, right?
0: Right, yeah Well, yeah, almost all pumpkins are Some that we call pumpkins are actually real pumpkins But most are gourds, yeah, you're right
1: We weren't thinking about it But should have been in midsummer, The time to get our pumpkin seeds and put them in the ground
0: yeah, it has a long seed to harvest uh, time, and it takes a long time to bake all that fruit and, you know, pulp and the sugars and things that make up pumpkins, so, yeah, I think sometime 1st of July is about right, 4th of July, maybe, planting pumpkin seed, yeah, that's about right.
1: And what are some things you need in your garden, if, if you all are taking notes and want to do this next summer for pumpkins in the fall for the kids Give us some notes on just what we need as far as space, nutrients, fertilizer, those kinds of things, maybe some pesticides to uh, be most successful most
0: important thing, sunshine, sunshine, you got to have sunshine You cannot grow pumpkins in any kind of shade at all, They need full sunshine all day long the soil needs to be pretty well drained because it's going to water it a good bit. because the leaves are so big, it needs a lot of water. And so, uh, well drained soil is too soggy, actually, water it would be good. Let's see. Good seed is always good, too. Fresh seed will give you the biggest pumpkins. And even you can get these special seeds that give you great big pumpkins. That's nice to have. And a little fertilizer to start, a little fertilizer along and longer in the growing season. And to keep an eye out for caterpillars and bugs and things like that. You should have a Reasonably easy time making pumpkins
1: And lots of space, right? Because how, how long oh do those gosh. vines go?
0: Oh, 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 man, they'll climb over your house Those vines are so widespread It does eat your garden if you're not careful I mean, you Try to plant the pumpkin on the edge, of the corner of the garden So the vines can spread out over the lawn Spread out up the fence but Somewhere they won't get in your way Because those vines are really prolific They really grow fast
1: and beautiful, even if they don't produce pumpkins And ma- mine may not, because I'm not going to lie I put my seeds in about six or seven weeks ago So hopefully <laughs> something may happen before a cold snap Probably won't, but they're beautiful to look at
0: Yeah, the leaves are gorgeous So these are really deep green and pretty Have you had any flowers yet, I see?
1: No, so that was my next question for you, though Because we know, you know, we needed pollination for our summer crops Like the flowers yeah. that you get on your squash and your tomato plants and all of that and. Pollen yeah. has to be transferred there via the wind or insects or however Or maybe self-pollinating um, uh, But is that the same case with pumpkins since they do flower? Yeah,
0: pumpkins, pumpkins are like squash and um, cucumbers and watermelons <clears throat> and all of them they, ha- they have male flowers first And so if you look at your pumpkin vine, the first flowers that appear Are going to be ones that are bright yellow, beautiful flowers But they will not have a little pumpkin underneath that says this is a, this is a male flower and you can't have pumpkins until you have a female flower appear. That's usually a week or two after the male flowers have hmm. started appearing. and the female flowers have a little tiny pumpkin underneath. And if the bees or a butterfly or you and a Q-tip swab maybe move some pollen from the male flower over to the female flower, you'll have pollination, and you'll have a pumpkin.:
1: So how far away from that first male flower, that big yellow flower, does the female flower grow?
0: Within a couple of feet, easy you know, They'll be right close together It's the same way with squash and watermelons and things like that They all have male flowers and female flowers And they all the male flowers will appear first And the female flowers, eh, it takes a couple of weeks They're shyer, let's say They're very shy at appearing So it, it's a little bit before the female flowers come about
1: And talk about tomato flowers and how those are pollinated
0: Now, they can be pollinated by by wind or just by shaking the vine or something like that. They have perfect flowers, and so they have male and female parts inside. But as I said, the pumpkins and the rest all have male and female on the same vine, but not the same flower.
1: And then let's talk about those pumpkins that we get when the pumpkins start yeah. to grow, and maybe get the size of a golf ball, and then a tennis ball, and so on and so forth. How do you recommend taking care of that fruit so that it doesn't rot or you know get buried yeah. in the soil as it so as it becomes so heavy?
0: Yeah, you know, just brick or a pot, terracotta pot would do fine, or a board maybe, or even a rock or pile of sand you can do too Just anything that keeps the bottom of the pumpkin From contacting the soil for a long time Because again, if the water, if the soil holds a lot of water It'll get soggy and you get root rot or fruit rot On the, on the pumpkin So holy, you know, just a little bit off the ground is great to do that
1: Very good, I think we're ready I think we're ready for pumpkins Now on to the next one, garlic yeah. Which this is something so intriguing to me It's something I've always meant to try And I'm going to The good news is we can do it now And it's very cheaply done The bad news is we have to wait like five or six months for garlic
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah But it's really easy to do Gosh, garlic is so easy to plant And you can plant the cloves you get from the grocery store If you get garlic from the grocery And you use some for your Italian food And you have a couple of cloves left over Plant them right now They're fine to
1: plant See, and that's going to be fun So just take one clove at a time Keep the the film, you know, the papery Uh skin on there Stick sure. it down in the dirt with the pointy side up and what are we looking <laughs> right. what are we looking at as far as the soil that it prefers?
0: same sort of deal They need well-drained soil if you're right, the pointy side goes up, the blunt or sort of root looking side goes down. Frankly, if you were to get it backwards and put the pointy side down and the blunt side up it'll still grow garlic. Don't worry about that too much, but the pointy side should point upwards.
1: And then what are we expecting, Walter From one clove of garlic Do we just get one bulb come April or May Or is that going to produce yep. multiple bulbs How much room, I guess, do we need in the pot you, Is my question Usually
0: you put about six or eight inches apart, I think Maybe twelve, but mostly six or eight inches I think we do for most garlic One clove, as you say, will grow a big bulb Which has had multiple cloves on it And so once you put that one clove this year this <clears> all <throat> into the ground Then it will grow a little blade of uh, a blade of leaf, I guess you'd call it, that would be there for the wintertime. And the cold doesn't hurt it. cold does not freeze at the leaf. It just stays uh-huh. green all winter long. And then that spring, the leaves go taller and taller and taller. And during the summertime, you can get three, four feet tall sometimes. Three feet tall is not unusual at all. It has a pretty flower on it, although I don't think I wait until the flower appears. I usually cut the flowers off. Then by when, when the leaves start turning yellow, so that'd be sort of late summer, that's when the the garlic bulb is as big as it's going to be. and That's when you dig it up. You say, well, look here. Wow, we've got 10 or 15 cloves from this big bulb. This looks delicious. Let's go to the kitchen. Let's make something good to eat. And you plant some of those cloves in your garden that you have from, from that bulb. They have gardens the next year
1: And that's something really too When you think about real estate I'm going to try it in a pot And just see how it does So I have a little more control um, on the deck But if you're using your real estate In your garden beds for this It is going Mm -hmm. to take up valuable real estate For when you want to start thinking about your summer crops So you might need to plan accordingly Yeah, that's smart thinking
0: Because if you if it's not going to be harvested until the next summer fall, then you got to have room for your tomatoes and the beans and things like that for summertime. So you're right. Think about where you're going to put the garlic so it doesn't interfere with the oats that you plant in the spring. You can get the garlic from the store, That's regular Italian garlic, but you can also get elephant garlic. Huh. And if you want a really big bulb, it's sort of mild in flavor. But if you want a huge bowl the size of your fist, plant elephant garlic.
1: Is it going to be flavored similar to Italian garlic? A little bit
0: milder, a little bit milder But really fun to watch because it's huge, huge (laughs) bulb
1: That is cool, all right I'm anxious to try it Oh, and like you said, one more question Uh, Over the winter, the cold's not going to hurt it But should we mulch it anyways just because that's a good practice? I don't think I
0: would, frankly I think I just leave it alone It really doesn't need to be mulched particularly Unless it's really, really cold Or if it's really uh, dry or something like that And the only reason I'd mulch it
1: All right, Walter, thank you for letting me indulge myself And asking you some selfish questions But just fun things to think about (laughs) Take care of your pumpkin vines right now Start your garlic and you'll have some good results
0: You bet, you bet
1: All right, we'll talk to you next Saturday All about pansies and pansy care We're ready to get some of those winter flowers out there
0: I'll study up and get
1: ready All right, thanks, Walter We'll be back checking traffic and weather here on WSB We've got Kirk Mellish and we've got Brad Nitz who's filling in for the weekend from Channel 2 Action News. Finley Roofing sponsors the weather update. And just so you know how to plan the weekend, it's easy because it's going to be sunny. It's going to be chilly in the mornings today and tomorrow. And then it's going to warm up around 70 degrees. So a good day for a tennis match tomorrow. It's dry, no rain. It's going to be warm. So, yeah, this morning you definitely need a little pullover, though. It'll start to warm up after lunchtime. Um, This is the time of the show. For the month of October, that we're bringing on the Georgia Forestry Commission with Falling into Fall. All right, welcoming back to Green and Growing is my friend and urban forester Seth Hawkins from the Georgia Forestry Commission. Seth, I'm so glad you're back for this Falling into Fall segment with me.
3: Yeah, thanks for having us again, Ashley.
1: Now, we love utilizing the services and the knowledge and the expertise of the Georgia Forestry Commission and yourself and many foresters in Northwest and Northeast Georgia kind of update. The leaf color and the change and all of that So that folks can maybe plan some road trips You know, up to North Georgia and enjoy these So what trees are at peak color right now?
3: Our dogwoods kind of just went past their peak But the um, yellow poplars and the hickories and the birches Are really starting to bring in the yellows And bring that to the landscape The sourwoods um, definitely keep shifting to the, you know, more deep and muted reds. You know, in the higher elevations, you know, above 3,000 feet, we're seeing, you know, the most color change right now. Along roadsides, specifically in south-facing slopes, we're seeing the most color change. Above 3,000 feet, we're hoping we're going to be hitting peak leaf color season in about the next week in those areas. Um, And probably about the last week of October for the rest of the state below 3,000 feet.
1: So if folks can't make it up to North Georgia, maybe the last week of the month you can see more leaf change in color here in Metro Atlanta Because generally speaking, with the exception of maybe Stone Mountain and some others, we're below 3,000 feet in Metro Atlanta, right?
3: Right, right, yeah, for sure
1: All right, and now let me ask you too, Hurricane Delta dumped a whole lot of rain on us about a week ago So how does that impact, either negatively or positively, some of the leaves we may or may not be seeing?
3: Well, yeah, unfortunately, we did get some um, some heavy rains and some wind events, kind of especially more in northwest Georgia. And so some of the leaves that had already started to turn colored kind of went ahead and absized and dropped in some places. However, there's still plenty of leaves on there out there that are going to change in the next couple weeks. So while we did take an immediate hit, I don't think it'll have a full impact on the overall slope peak of leaf color season. We should still get a great season.
1: Great. All right, and one last question. Any preferred routes, Seth, that you would advise folks to visit, either northwest or northeast, to see some of this brilliant color?
3: Yeah, yeah. In northwest, our foresters are still recommending getting up there on the lookout mountain, Cloudland Canyon area, or uh, Fort Mountain area. That's where we're going to see the most right now, down below the mountain. There's just not a lot of color change yet. And over in northeast Georgia, uh, the foresters are also recommending, you know, um, the Brasstown Bald area, Highway 76 uh, between Hiawassee and um, Helen, And also over there, Wolf Penn Gap as well. And again, those are more higher elevation drives. Any of those towns, Union County, you can't miss over there. But if you happen to not be able to make it up there, like you said, in a couple weeks, it should start creeping down the mountain towards you.
1: Grateful we're going to have you for two more Saturdays to finish out the month Mm -hmm. of October, Seth. And I wanted to take the time to thank you and your colleagues, all of you are part of the Urban Forest Strike Team, for all of your work during hurricane season, I think. Many of you are unsung heroes traveling and being on the road and helping out with some other state agencies and outside of Georgia, those states as well that are affected by hurricanes. So thank you, and thank your buddies for what you all do.
3: Oh, sure. I'll let them know, and uh, thanks for having us today.
1: All right, Seth. We'll talk to you the same time next Saturday. You be safe. Uh, Thanks, Ashley. So you can see the Georgia Forestry Commission fall leaf watch report every week on GATrees.org. That is the Georgia Forestry Commission's website, GATrees.org. So thanks to Stacia and Wendy and Seth for those updates. And our own meteorologist, Kirk Mellish, has put out his most recent blog just the other day. Nice leaf-looking weather this weekend. So read up on WSBRadio.com. Kirk Mellish's blog is a great thing to uh, stay on top of. Just click weather And you'll find his blog there And he's also got some great maps To look at throughout the country The fall foliage prediction maps uh, That you may want to Take a peek at if you plan to go out of the state for any reason Man, some of those states, uh, you know, in the northern part of the country They have leaf change about a month ahead of us And it's just absolutely gorgeous So we're almost there Hang on in Metro Atlanta It'll be another week or two before we see some brilliant fall color We're coming up at 7 o'clock My celebrity gardener, Georgia's first lady, Marty Kemp An interview you don't want to miss Stay tuned and then your garden calls 404-872-0750 You're listening to Green and Growing